Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is with me. What a week. What a past couple weeks for LSU. Uh, since Brian Kelly has been hired, it has been a whirlwind. But, I mean, Shay, just right off the bat, I feel like we're back to normal covering official visit weekend, coaching hires, firings, leaving, staying. It is constant. And for the first time since June, and you made this point on the board, you know, we're covering an official visitor weekend, and it feels like the news actually matters in a way, too. Yeah, I mean, think of this. This is the first time since June that they've hosted an official visitor in any capacity. So they're cramming 15 guys into this weekend, and unless we could, we'll see if it ends up growing from there. But 15 is what is expected. We'll talk about that later in the pod. But You've been, what is that, six months basically without having an official visitor on campus and you're only a week from signing day. So you understand how important those visits become when you're bringing them all into this weekend. The flip, the other side of that is that LSU has not had a new commitment since Emory Jones at the end of July. So you've gone the entire football season and fall camp without adding a new commitment. Now, is that overly surprising? No, there you got halfway into the season and Woodward fires the head coach. You're not at that point then expected to be running off new commitments or, you know, knocking down new commitments, I should say. But now we're to the point where a new head coach has been named. We don't know at the time of this podcast, the coordinators are not expected to be there this weekend, but there have been some very notable staff hires. We'll talk about one of them, the most recent, right before we got on the podcast, LSU announced Kerry Cooks as a defensive coach, much like with Frank Wilson, who we'll talk about in a minute, Billy, as when he was announced as an offensive coach, neither of them came with titles yet in terms of like what position they'll be coaching. So you can see that the third hire was Brian Polian, who's a special teams coordinator. He's the only one who had the title. So we know he's on special teams, but we don't know as kind of coaches come and go here where he's going to plug everyone in across the rest of the staff. And I think that a lot of that probably hinges on the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, who that then opens the door to bring in uh, from there. But it provides for an entertaining couple of weeks here leading up to signing day. Uh, but as it, as you said, each passing day brings us a little more clarity uh, with who's going to be here and then who's coming in. Yeah, and let's start with the biggest name arguably that has been brought in or discussed or left or what have you, Frank Wilson. He resigns from McNeese as head coach, leaves the Cowboys and comes back to Baton Rouge. This is a huge, huge deal. And Shay, you and I kind of talked about this, you know, off the pod, this final official visit weekend before the early signing period, just have Frank Wilson in here and let him go to work. That seemed to be the game plan. He hasn't, uh, Brian Kelly hasn't made the offense, the defensive coordinator hires, but with such a Louisiana-centric weekend that we have and also LSU commits coming in from out of state, this is just a, a, a well-timed hire and a huge one for the future with Brian Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I've, I covered Frank's entire time here uh, on the recruiting beat uh, back in 2010 up until he took the UTSA head coaching job and then uh, obviously from there went to McNeese. 
But it, I, I can sense that this week he picked up almost right where he left off in the sense of he knows what he's got to do. It's getting out there in the schools. He was in New Orleans all week. He was at St. James with Shaz Preston. Uh, he went in home with Shaz Preston on Thursday night. And then, as you noted, he'll be there for all these visitors this weekend. He'll obviously not be as familiar with the guys. It's not like McNeese was recruiting all these guys, but most of them, as you noted, are Louisiana guys. He knows who they are. He knows their high school coaches. He's got some connections. So the hire was massive. He is arguably the best at recruiting the state of Louisiana, at least when you look at the track record he's had from Ole Miss to Tennessee to what he did at LSU, um, recruited well when he was at UTSA. So he knows the lay of the land. And it's almost like the Brian Kelly hire, right? Like when Brian Kelly got announced, we were sort of like, well, he's the winningest coach, you know, across all divisions in history. We should have probably thought of him as a candidate. And whenever Brian Kelly got this job, he's a career 31 years, Billy, in the Midwest and the Northeast as a head coach. He's never been in the SEC. He's never been in Louisiana coaching. So we knew he's got to hire someone on the staff that knows Louisiana well. And there was already signs pointing that Mickey Joseph was going to leave for Nebraska. Uh, we obviously saw Corey Raymond goes and leaves for Florida a long time, 10 years uh, working with DBs and corners at LSU. And then Kevin Falk, after a couple of years on staff, not being in that running back spot anymore. Those are three guys who know the state, who have a background here, all of that. It became even more apparent. You've got to go hire some guys that know how to recruit the state. Then when they pop up and hire Frank Wilson, it was almost like, well, I didn't even think that was an option. But yes, that sounds like the best avenue for you to go. And what Frank can do for you is Brian Kelly can, he's won a lot of games probably because he knows how to run a program. And Frank has reeled in a lot of recruits because he knows how to recruit. And you put those two together, let Frank do his thing. The other assistant coaches will obviously all be pulling their weight. And then Kelly can focus largely on the team, rebuilding this program, doing all the things necessary to put yourself out there ready to compete. I mean, it's bringing in a new strength staff. We saw Tommy Moffat after 20 plus years uh, is retiring and it looks like he won't be uh, going anywhere else, but an awesome career. But he brings in Jake Flint from Notre Dame, who's a big analytics guy who's sort of in this wave of, of kind of the next generation of strength coaches. So you're turning over the board, Billy, here all across the page. And and look, I get it. And, and we've talked about it on the board plenty this week. This isn't easy. Like all these guys, Corey, Mickey, Kevin Falk, like Tommy Moffitt, that's not easy for these coaching changes to happen. But you brought Brian Kelly in here. You're paying him a lot of money. We'll see what happens with the results on the field. That's the only thing you can judge it by at the end of the day, really, is results on the field. Obviously, you want to see these kids stay here, not be hitting the portal all the time, uh, graduating all these guys, all the things that, that come with being a student athlete. But it's wins and losses. That's what he's being paid for at the end of the day. He needs to be able to put the staff together how he wants. And whether I agree with it or you agree with it or fans agree with it doesn't really matter because if he wins, everyone will love him. If he loses, then you'll be able to point at a million things that didn't work out. I do think that we'll see on the field how it all plays out. But boy, in terms of recruiting, you couldn't have gotten a bigger name out there this week than Frank Wilson. I completely agree. And this is this is a huge, huge deal. Uh, just because you mentioned all those guys that that are out the door, Corey, Mickey, Kevin, uh, not going to be on the staff next year. And it just legitimizes what Brian Kelly's trying to do uh, just in the state of Louisiana. You mentioned him being from the Midwest, you know, coaching in the Northeast, 
all that for his entire career. This is this is huge. And, you know, it's funny. Frank was on the road that first day he was allowed and he uh, dusted off that leather LSU jacket. I don't think they had that in the equipment room uh, waiting no. for him. Uh, ready no, to go Greg, when he got back. Greg Stringfellow was big mad there, I bet. I mean, that was uh, <laughs> Emily. Emily made the comment when I was like, damn, look at that LSU jacket. Emily was like, that is a 2011 10 edition right there. He had to pull that one out of the old closet and throw it on. But we saw he was in home with Shaz on Thursday in some some new Nike, you know, uh, brand new looking uh, LSU gear. So night one, day one, you bring out the the old schoolest leather jacket you've got and you just go hit the road. Yeah, it worked out for him, and and we'll see. And and this is kind of a good little moment to touch quickly on Shaz Preston Shea. You you know talked to LSU sources on this one. I caught up with his dad, and Frank Wilson being hired, you know, at least from from Sean Senior said it's a game changer. Will it be enough for him to not sign early? That'll be something that we're watching. He's supposed to visit Alabama this weekend. Shaz Preston's one of the best prospects in the state of Louisiana. Right now, looks like the Tide have all the momentum. He's supposed to announce early on ESPN is what his dad told me. So if that's still the plan, LSU might be able to pull a rabbit out of its hat here. But Alabama has a lot of momentum going into this weekend. The goal would be for him to not sign early. Yeah, that that's the goal, right? Is And if you were to go out and find Frank Wilson in the streets right now and grab him and say, hey, man, what's going on with Shaz Preston? He would say, look, we – we're playing catch up here. This guy's been trended to Bama. Pete Golding and them have done a great job recruiting him. They've been very meticulous with the process. The Prestons have, they've already got a son who's gone through the, the recruiting process. So they know how it goes and they know not to rush anything. And, and again, when you get a thrown a curveball like this, at the end, Frank Wilson, it's, we didn't expect this. All right. He's about to be in home. He's at the school all day, but the point remains is that he's going to Bama this weekend for an official visit. So, yes, Frank got to be in home Thursday night, but then Friday, Saturday, and into Sunday, Bama's going to be the people who are seeing him last. And then, as you noted, next week he's he's planning to sign. And Preston hasn't really played any games through the process. It's all been pretty straightforward. I'm going to decide at the end. I'm going to evaluate all my options. I'm going to focus on my senior year at St. James. He's done all those things. Now we're towards the end. I think LSU will shoot their shot. It's like you said, it would be a rabbit out of your hat moment. Maybe the best way to describe this, because Bama's done a really good job recruiting him, is that if you're Bama, we've already gotten him on a bunch of visits. He wasn't at LSU all the time this season. LSU went through a coaching change. We're kind of the team trending for him. We're getting him on campus last. We have him, you know, he's set to sign early, which plays in favor of the Tide. If you're sitting there and you're Pete Golding, you're saying, there's nothing else I can do. There was nothing else I can do here. We did we got his final visit. We had him on campus the most over the past six months. We're in the playoffs. We're not having coaching changes right now. So if you're Bama, you're probably thinking we're sitting in a good spot. Now, if you're LSU, you're hoping Frank Wilson can pull uh, a rabbit out of the hat here. And if there's a chance, uh, and I'll go ahead and throw that in here too, of flipping a guy like that that Bama LSU's on, or, or at least reeling him in, I should say, it would be a better chance with Preston probably because the feedback on Aaron Anderson, who was once committed to LSU, Flip to Bama is that Frank Wilson spent time in Edna Carr this week. Billy was able to sit down with them from talking to people over there in the New Orleans area. The feedback was kind of like, hey, look, if if the windows cracked, it ain't by very much uh, that Bama's done a good job keeping law or excuse me, keeping uh, Anderson locked in. He flipped for a reason. That's where he's had his mind set on going. He's locked in on signing next week because he has to. He's an early enrollee. So 
just not much room to wiggle around there. If you're LSU, you shoot your shot, you hope for it, but um, you know, you don't, you're not disappointed, I guess, or surprised, I should say next week if those guys aren't signing with LSU. Yeah. And let's move on to the official visit weekend. And, and this is, you know, one that it kind of just makes a lot of sense from the commitments that are coming on campus, who's solid, who's locked in. Um, and so let's let's jump into those really quickly and then we'll get to the uncommitted guys. But I'll run them down for you guys right now. Five star quarterback Walker Howard, five star offensive tackle Will Campbell, four star offensive lineman Emory Jones, four star DB LaTerrence Welch, four star linebacker Demario Tolan, three star offensive lineman Fitzgerald West, three star tight end Mason Taylor, three star offensive lineman Bo Bordelon and three star kicker Nathan Dibbert. Those are the commitments coming in, and pretty much all those guys are fairly locked in uh, for the most part. I think the two for me that I'm kind of watching down the stretch to see if LSU can hang on is LaTerrence Welch and Demario Tolan. One, an in-state defensive back who's been committed to LSU for a long time now, and then Demario Tolan from the Orlando area, one of the best linebackers in the country. Those two are are probably out of the commitments, the ones that I've been watching closest you know, ahead of the early signing period. And if you're an LSU fan, I'll give you two reasons to feel good about those guys. With Welsh, he plays at Acadiana. I can't, I was talking with Mikey Matuk this morning um, on Jory Collada's show about this, and he's obviously a Lafayette guy. I can't remember the last guy that LSU really wanted in the Lafayette Acadiana area that didn't go to LSU. I mean, and you can go through even going up to the wire with Sage Ryans and Keishon Boutes. At the end of the day, those guys still went to LSU, and Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, North Louisiana. We've seen those guys go to Bama or go out of state to schools when LSU really wanted them. It's just not happened much in Lafayette. So if you're playing the numbers game there, then Welsh is from an area that typically just sends their kids to LSU. They grew up wanting to play at LSU as much as anyone around the state. On Tolan, Blake Baker's done a really good job there. And we got to spend a lot of time with Micah Baskerville and Damone Clark this year, especially towards the end of the year where it was sort of like a lot of reflecting on the year and the highs and lows. And both of them just said, look, Blake Baker changed the game for me. Like he rose my level of play. He's one of the best coaches I've ever had. I love him. And you can see that Tolan kind of feels that way. Like Tolan and Baker have had a relationship since he was at Miami. He got him to pop for LSU. Even though Tolan's made other visits here recently, he always said, I'm committed to the program. I hope Blake Baker's there. And now he's given LSU that final official visit. So and so is Welsh. So there's a reason to at least feel okay there. I will note, Billy, before we, and I'm with you, I think that all the other guys are pretty locked in. Like we've already heard Walker Howard. I don't want to gloss over that five stars out here are locked in, but Walker Howard, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, the guys who sit at the very top of your commit list from in-state have all said, I plan to be there this weekend. I'm, I'm in. I've met with Brian Kelly. I'm signing next week. So it seems we're going to avoid any sort of drama there. I'd say the two guys, and I say that because neither of them are here this weekend, that are committed right now. There's only 11 commits, but nine of them are visiting, two aren't. Jadarian Rhyme, the corner, is going to be at Auburn this weekend, I believe. And then, excuse me, Ty G. Hill, a D-tackle commitment, is going to be at Tulane. I'm curious how both those go. It won't ultimately surprise me if maybe those two don't sign with LSU, but I would say worth monitoring given they're not here this weekend. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now we turn to the fun part, which is really looking at these uncommitted prospects uh, who are uh, coming to LSU this weekend. One of them is committed elsewhere, uh, Landon Ivietta. Uh, just picked up an offer this week. He's committed to Miami, but the rest of them all uncommitted. And let's lead off with, you know, the, the, the big one, I think. And this is, you know, coming off of what you just said with Ty G Hill. Does he sign with LSU? Four-star defensive end Quincy Wiggins. He's got a top three of Alabama, Florida, and LSU. LSU's the crystal ball favorite. favorite, And it seems like the Tigers are trending towards signing Quincy Wiggins, in my mind, since he didn't end up heading over to Florida this this past weekend. This is a big opportunity for LSU to slam the door uh, and get this longtime target uh, and top 100 defensive linemen on board. I am with you on Wiggins for sure. I think that he ultimately winds up at LSU. He's going to sign somewhere next week. And like you said, if he's not going to Florida this weekend, they were another team in it. Bama has not really been pressing as hard as they were previously it's all lining up for LSU. That's a top 100 guy in Baton Rouge. Andre Carter's done a great job there, sort of just buckling in throughout, even when not knowing what the future holds, obviously. And now Kelly's gotten a chance to go by Madison Prep uh, earlier this week, which is where Wiggins goes to school. Wiggins will be on campus this weekend with his family. And to be signing next week, it sort of makes you feel good about where things are. Uh, I would say, right, that another guy that kind of goes into that conversation, Billy, is another top 100 guy, Kendrick Law out of Captain Shreve. And much yep. you can see how Kelly sort of values these guys, right? That he also saw Kendrick Law at his school this week. They went up to Captain Shreve on Thursday. Today, obviously, Kelly's been speaking at the coaches' convention in New Orleans, but he'll be back here this afternoon in Baton Rouge and they'll host visitors and Law and his family will be there. And there's you know signs pointing to Law wanting to go ahead and sign next week if he feels good about the decision. So getting both those guys onto campus were two guys that we've always sort of monitored. We knew that LSU wanted them. They just weren't ever doing anything. They never committed anywhere. They took visits to get them here at the very end, I think is telling. And we'll talk about a number of these other guys, but I also think in general, Billy, for me that we've talked about this a lot over the years on the board is maybe trust more what recruits do than what they say. Right. And, and maybe if they're yeah. saying I'm wide open, I have a top five or, you know, or they're trying to play coy about what teams really out front, what are they doing? The 15 guys we're seeing coming in this weekend, six of which are uncommitted, are choosing to use their last weekend before they sign college papers on LSU. That means you're serious. You want to come down and meet the new staff. You want to come and give the program a full look. You know, you want to be able uh, to look behind the curtain at everything from academics to to what they do in the, the football ops building. You get that chance. You could go to all these schools that want to have you in, but you're coming here this weekend. So I think anybody who's on campus this weekend is in play for them to sign next week, which includes these, you know, what, six uncommitted guys we're talking about. Yeah, and the one thing about Kendrick Law that I'll note as well, and Quincy Wiggins for that matter, uh, they were both at Alabama when LSU played them. Kendrick Law took an official visit to Alabama that weekend. But Kendrick Law came over for that LSU-Texas A&M game to close out the season for an unofficial visit. And 
you know, unless he's quietly done it, that was the first visit he's taken to LSU in quite some time. And if you start monitoring those moves, like you were saying, you've got to feel good, you know, in a way of where LSU stands with law going into this weekend. And he's somebody that I think they've got to have at this point. I mean, we just saw Deion Smith hit the portal. Yes, they offered Landon Ibietta. Uh, Decoldus Crawford, you know, open things up. He's not committed anymore. This is a perfect gadget. Get him the ball. Get him on the field no matter what. Difference maker. I think he might even be a little undervalued as far as the rankings go. I could, you know, move him up into the top 50 and just sit pretty well with it. He's got the track. He's got production on both sides of the ball. And you could tell, I mean, he's wanted. And so I'm, I'm thinking that they've got to get Kendrick Law to sign early. He's just as important as Quincy Wiggins uh, to, to continue to say that LSU can really lock down this state. I know this this state will be a little weird this year with the coaching change and LSU having you know, no direction for a while. They weren't able to do anything to keep Aaron Anderson, uh, you know, it seems at least. And it was just that weird time that Bama was able to make up so much ground for a lot of these players and get them. And now you're seeing them extend some offers late um, to Jordan Allen, to Landon Ibietta. They're turning up the heat on Austin Osbury. All three of those players now are set to visit LSU. And let's quickly kind of run through those before we touch on uh, the out-of-state uh, uncommitted prospects set to visit this weekend. Let's lead off with Jordan Allen. He was one of the first guys LSU saw this week. Uh, Jordan Allen, teammates with Fitzgerald West over there at LCA. Uh, camp for Corey Raymond, didn't pick up an offer. And one of the first things Brian Kelly did was offer him. I think this is a good offer, especially you lost Eli Ricks to the portal. Um, you've got to add some more depth and competition back there on the secondary. And he's he's got that versatility. I think he's one of those players that it's a good late take. He had a terrific senior year. Um, you know, Jordan Allen, I think things are trending for LSU to land him. I like and look, you mentioned Landon Ibietta and Mandeville. Both those guys were the two new offers that went out this week, and, and both are coming this weekend. And look, Allen's a guy who plays on a really great high school team. He can play corner, safety, nickel, pretty versatile in that sense. Uh, Ibietta could be a really dynamic slot guy, really fast, uh, good hands, runs really great routes. Um, and was commit look is committed to Miami. Obviously, they're going through some coaching shuffle as well, where he's going to be unfamiliar with that staff that they're putting together. So. You kind of keep an eye on how he approaches, uh, you know, does he sign next week? Does he wait? But I like giving these offers out now, and I'll tell you why. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if more came. They've got 11 commits. You can sign 25. Beyond that 25, you can take up to seven transfers. If that's how, you know, if you have seven guys transferring out, you can go up to seven guys transferring in. So you're going to hit the portal. We know that you've still got 14 spots that you can fill with high school kids. If you want to fill them all with high school kids, maybe they'll even fill some of that with the portal. We'll see, but that's a lot. I mean, to get to 25, you got to start offering kids. Yes. But how did you get yourself in a position where, and this is what Brian Kelly's having to figure out now is the past two years at the end of the seasons, when LSU has been going five and five and guys are opting out and guys are getting injured or whatever it is, excuse me there. Um, it's, one of the things where it's you get down really into the scholarship, the 60s in scholarships, um, you know, even the 70s, I mean, you should be in the 80s in scholarships. If you're anything below that, it's in the high 70s. That's where most teams are. How do you build that stability again? You go after kids in Louisiana because in the age of the transfer portal, the kids who aren't from here that aren't playing or don't see the path, they're going to be a lot quicker to transfer than 
Cam Lewis, who just stayed six years and actually really gives you something there at the back end coming out of Wasman or, you know, Andre Anthony who goes through all these injuries and he's never going to leave because he always wanted to go to LSU. And I'm not going back to, you know, a lot of these kids say, I'm not going back to my hometown and saying that I transferred out, that I wasn't going to stick it out and play. Like I want to be at LSU. And, and that's what, you know, sort of my plan is no matter how long it takes to get to the field. If you're building your class up with guys from Louisiana, you're going to just have more retention to the, on the long term, right? More guys are just going to stay on roster. That's just how the portal works. It's the nature of it. I'm not saying they only have to take Louisiana guys. I'm not saying don't go off for everyone else, but I think you've got to be smart right now when you're rebuilding this roster with don't fall for guys that you think have to play right away and don't go star chasing all the time. If you've got guys here in Louisiana that you know can play. I mean, this staff went and flipped Jack Besh from Vandy last year. He was their best receiver this year after Keishon Boutte got hurt. So this state's got playmakers everywhere. If you're willing to offer them, have some patience. And I think one big thing with Kelly we'll find out is develop them and really put a lot of stock into that. Then you're set. I'm not surprised that all those guys got offered. I won't be surprised if more get offered, you know, before February. Yeah. I I think how they approach filling out the rest of this class is going to be really interesting. Uh, It it is that fine line to walk, you know, I mean, you can, in the past, they took some late guys, they took some other um, guys early in the class. And we're seeing, I think, some natural parting of ways, you know, we mentioned Dakota Crawford going elsewhere, you know, Ty Hills visiting Tulane this, this week. So there are some guys that just don't end up at LSU, maybe in the future with 2023 and things like that, they won't have to make those types of decisions or don't. But right now, they've got to really take stock of that senior tape. And I think they've got a good grasp on it. I like turning up the heat on Austin Osbury, who is visiting LSU over too. Florida. And, and again, it's just adding depth in, in certain spots that need it. And players that are at least talented enough, at least from what it looks like, to to be there long term, to, you know, to stay that that four or five years at LSU and eventually contribute. You know, I don't think. Jordan Allen or Austin Osby are going to walk right in and be a starting corner unless they get hit with a ton of, you know, injuries again, but they're going to be good depth guys. Both of them have some versatility. Um, and it looks like Austin Osby is starting to trend towards LSU, which is also important because his brother, Jaden Osby is one of the best linebackers in the country in 2023. And they're both sons of Verge Osby. Um, so that kind of wraps it, wraps it up unless you have anyone else on uh, anything else on the Louisiana guys. But one intriguing one is uh, DJ Wesselak uh, coming in from Missouri. Uh, somebody that really we've seen a recruitment that has kind of gone a bunch of different ways. Um, he's got a early crystal ball pick in for Clemson. He's got some Missouri crystal ball picks. He visited USC over the summer. Alabama, Georgia have been rumored in there. Uh, Notre Dame had a prediction at one point. This is one of those recruitments that we've seen it all. Uh, he's an All-American. He's, uh, I think, somebody you want to take a, ch- a chance on. He's got some athleticism, also plays basketball. And LSU offers, and instead of visiting Missouri, now he's headed to Baton Rouge. I, I think LSU's trending up in a big way for uh, DJ. And look, I mean, 6'4". Or 235, you don't have – it's not like you've got 10 D linemen committed right now. You've you've got one, right? I mean, what, do they just have Ty G. Hill at the moment? So, you know you've got Quincy Wiggins out there. This makes perfect sense. I'm looking at his profile right now. He had Bama offer, USC, Clemson. Like you said, they got some early crystal ball picks. Clemson doesn't offer kids that they won't take. And no matter sort of how your process plays out, they're usually pretty sharp on their evals. So, 
No doubt he can play. He's got good size. It's not like he's a super big kid that you'd have to go put in the weight room and and make him run nonstop for a couple of years to get the shape you want him in. Uh, and I'm looking at his profile, as you noted, a multi-sport athlete. So for me, again, you have 11 commitments. You can have up to 14 more signing days next week. Then you've got to reset it and go to February signing day. No doubt this is someone that I would be offering, that I would be bringing in, and that I would press to commit. Yep, absolutely. And it's a, one that makes a lot of sense and, and would be a really good you know, quality out-of-state ad. I don't think you can find anyone like him in Louisiana in this class, at least right now. So it makes a lot of sense. Good on LSU to get in there. And I know they talked to him in the, in the past and have kept him warm. He's got the offer now. He can come to campus, see if he likes it. And he is going to sign early from what he told Alan True uh, just this week when he got his All-American Bowl jersey. So that about wraps it up from coaching changes to recruiting visits. We covered it all on this pod. We'll be sure to keep you guys up to date on Go 24-7. Check us out. Plenty of news to come with double-digit official visitors in town. Shay, it's like the good old times uh, of, of tracking this all, and it's going to be one of those weekends with you know a lot of Red Bull, coffee, whatever you need to get through, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun in this race up to the early signing period. Yeah, I'm pumped. Well, and if you listen to Maddie B's uh, podcast with Kim Mulkey this week, she doesn't drink coffee. Maddie B's never had a drink of coffee in his life, and I've never had a sip of coffee in my life. So I don't need your Red Bull either. Coca-Cola will get me through the weekend uh, and the excitement that, again, we haven't had an official visitor or LSU's had a commitment in six months. So buckle in. This will be a fun weekend. Signing day next week. Sleep when we're dead. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. For Shay Dixon and also Maddie B behind the scenes, I'm Billy Embody. We'll catch you next week with plenty of reaction from a huge official visitor weekend at LSU. Thanks for listening and have a good weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.